Hey, how many of you have been enjoying this Dreaming with God uh, series? Has this been good? I'm so excited. Uh, uh, today, uh, along in our series, I, I want to I preach uh, as a subtitle to our Dreaming with God is Faithfulness During the Seasons of Hiddenness. Faithfulness During the Season of Hiddenness. How many here would consider yourself uh, somebody who is a patient person? Anybody? Not now? Okay, there we go. Come on. I need to come learn at your feet. Because let me tell you something. I'm terrible. I'm terrible when it comes to, to being patient. I, I don't like it. Uh, you you want to see where uh, your pastor is the most unsaved and you need to pray for him? Uh, go and find me in a McDonald's line. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, listen, I, I, I need to get my two-all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and the sesame seed bun, and I need it now. Um, and I get frustrated when it takes too long, and uh, God is helping me to make sure that I keep and say only godly things. I ain't going to tell you what I say in there, but I, I, I want it. Let, let, let me tell you something. What, what, what's crazy is I think that, like, impatience runs through uh, the family line. Because I see my, my boy, he's getting it, Justice, my two-year-old. And he, he, this boy is impatient. Uh, I wasn't even planning on telling this story today, but it was so buck wild. I, I, had, to, I had to tell you, it, uh, this, this, this morning at around uh, 2 a.m., my son snuck into our bedroom because he likes, when he wakes up, he gets an hour of television. He gets an hour of television because, hey, listen, as parents, you know what I'm saying, we got to let somebody babysit our kid. No, I'm joking. Uh, we get, he gets, he gets a, <laughs> I just joke. My wife looking at me like, what you saying? Uh, I'm not looking. I'm not looking. I promise. Uh, she, he, gets, he gets an hour of television, so he's watching uh, Puppy Dog Pals, or you, you, you parents know, right? He's watching all, all the shows. And so uh, my son, he, he's always like, uh, Daddy, it's time to go downstairs. Well, well I, he woke me up this way. He, he snuck in with his little ninja feet, you know what I'm saying, quiet as, as ever, snuck in. All of a sudden, I hear, I just feel boom, boom. Boom, boom. Well, I, I'm used to this a little bit because my wife is usually shaking me because I'm sawing logs, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, God, J.D., I'll stop snoring. You know he's, like, he's like, Daddy, wake up. It's time to go. I said, I turned around. I said, I rebuke you, foul spirit. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. All right. And I picked him up and said, Justice, listen to me. Listen to me, son. Like, you got to wait, okay? You, you got to wait. Uh, when, when everybody wakes up, you, you, you'll get your, your TV time, you okay? Okay, Daddy, you know, he's so cute. You know, so I'm looking at him, I'm like, all right, I love you, son. I gave him a kiss on the cheek. Uh, this boy, uh, I kid you, this is 2.30 in the morning, mind you, all right? Uh, this boy waits about maybe 30 minutes. Next thing I know, so he just comes. All of a sudden, you just hear, boom. Wake up, guys. It's time to wake up and watch TV. I said, Lord Jesus. Now, in New York, I couldn't make this joke, but in Michigan, we believe in spanking in Jesus' name. Uh, I said, son, <laughs> wait, waiting is hard, isn't it? Waiting is difficult. Yeah. It is difficult, yeah. right? It is, it is a difficult uh, thing, and we struggle with it. Can, can you imagine what Joseph is going through at this point? Let's recap. Let's recap real quick, right? Do you remember, right? He is he's given a dream, and, and his dream, people are against him. His brothers and sisters, his brothers don't understand it, right? He's stripped of his status. He's thrown into a cistern to die, luckily to be sold. And do you know the people he was sold to? It was his own cousins. 
They would have been his own cousins. He is sold by his brothers to his own cousins, uh, right? Because those people are uh, the, the, the brothers uh, to uh, Jacob. He's sold to his own, own cousins. And, and then he's sold to Pharaoh, left to die. He, he is faithful through those seasons of, of what seems like peril and what seems like loneliness, what seems like pain, right? And he works his way off to be second to the person that he is sold to in this foreign land with this foreign tongue, Potiphar. And what does he get for it? What does he get for it? He gets accused of a heinous crime and falsely thrown into to prison. Uh, here he is now in prison for not even doing what they said he had done, and God is steadily working on his character and his gifts, sharpening them in this moment. Can you imagine how he feels? Last week we talked about this idea of like, hey man, just asking that question, how did I get here? But the here now isn't just a couple of months. It's not a couple of days. Most scholars, theologians believe right now we're a little bit over 11 years into Joseph's journey. 11 years. Can you imagine what that does to the mind? You shouldn't even be here right now, right? You didn't do anything wrong. And now he finds himself waiting. Uh, waiting in this season. And and, and can I ask a question? How do you remain faithful in the seasons of hiddenness? How how do you remain faithful when you have done nothing wrong, but it seems like obstacle and trial and situation after situation continues to bring you down and you are in a cycle of elongated pain, believing in the dream that God has for your life? But it just doesn't seem like it's going to come through. He finds himself here. Can you imagine what is going on? I I wonder if in Joseph's mind he's thinking, man, was that dream true? Is God faithful? What is going on in Joseph's mind right now in this season of waiting? In In this season of waiting. But this is what we know to be true, right? Like Joseph continues to be faithful. And not only is Joseph faithful in the season, he's promoted in the prison that he is imprisoned in. And he is running. How, how do you respond in those moments? Joseph is waiting. And, and the, scriptures, the scriptures seem to indicate, right, in this moment, right, like this is the point. When Joseph will uh, finally see his breakthrough, if you're reading this, right, or if you're a writer, you, you know, right, there's been rising conflict after rising conflict after rising conflict, and we have now come to the climax of the story. This is obviously when it's going to break. This is it. This is that moment. And, and he finds himself in the presence uh, of uh, uh, the royal cuffbearer and the royal chief baker, and they have a dream. And, and for Joseph, this is right up his alley. This has to be it. This has to be the moment. Right? We, we, can, we can circle in right now. I, I can just imagine, like, what he's thinking what's going on through uh, Joseph's heart, and he, and he starts to communicate and interpret the dream. Only, only uh, to be 
uh, postponed. He, he, here's the first thought I, I want us for today, a uh, question that I want us to wrestle with. How do we respond when it seems like God is postponing your dream? How, how do you respond when, you seem, when it seems like God is uh, postponing your dream? It's, it's interesting to me because you, we can tell how uh, Joseph feels emotionally right now, can't we? Uh, j- jump with me uh, uh, really quick to, to verses 14 uh, through 15. 14 through 15. Uh, uh, look at this. Uh, J- Joseph, after telling the cheap gu- cupbearer, hey, hey, listen, God is going uh, to free you. He's going to restore you back into uh, your position. Listen to his words. I don't want you just to read it flatly. This is a real person who's going through real situations, a real issue, and he feels this. Uh, can you, you can almost hear this jumping off the, off the pages as he's saying this to the cupbearer. But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh. Get me out of this prison. I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews. And even here, I have done nothing to deserve to be put in this dungeon. Would, would you remember? I, 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 I'm tired of being here. I've been faithful. I've done everything I'm supposed to be. It is time for me to go. I don't deserve. Would you remember me? Let's jump down to verse 21 through 23. This is what this, the scripture says. It said, he restored the cheap cupbearer to his position so that he once again put the cup into Pharaoh's hand, but he impaled the chief baker just as Joseph had said to them in his interpretation. Here's the key, verse 23. The cheap cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. It's the climax of the story, isn't it? This is the moment. Right, Joseph is finally going to be restored. He's finally going to be right, right, restored, and people, he's going to be vindicated, and people are going to say, yes, yes, Joseph, you were a good guy. Everybody else failed. Here's the dream. Everybody fell, bowed to Joseph, and that is not what happens. If you sneak over to the next chapter, what you find is from this moment, uh, that the cupbearer is released. It is two years before he even gets an audience with Pharaoh. It is two years before he gets an audience with Pharaoh. How can you imagine what is going on in his life right here? Can, can you imagine? I, I, uh, I, I need a GPS. I, I'm going to tell you the truth. I, I can't get from this church uh, to the house right now that I'm living at, and it's literally only two minutes away without a GPS, okay? Like, I, I get stuck all the time. I'm like, where am I? I'm still learning the streets. If you're like me, somebody say amen, right? Like, I need a GPS, right, to, to figure it out. And, and, and let me tell you something. You want to know what the, one of the, the craziest things, one of the things which I hate the most is when you put in your GPS and uh, you, you get yourself all situated. You're in the car, right? And then you look at that, that little uh, thing on the bottom. It is uh, the destination of arrival. I'm sorry, your, your estimated time of arrival, right? And so you know that I am going to be here at 3. 
one of the worst things, one of the worst things, I promise, I, I, hate, I hate this, is that when I am driving, right, and all of a sudden I am given a detour. <laughs> and what's the first thing that your eyes go to? You check that ATA. And I hate, I hate it. I hate it uh, with everything in me. When you see that the ETA doesn't change in your favor, right, you're not going to get there earlier, but it adds 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour. What do you do? What do you do in the season of waiting when you've waited all that you can, right, and then God sends a detour? And when you think that this is supposed to be the end of the story, when you think that this is the moment that you're going to arrive, the estimated time of arrival is extended. Can you continue to be faithful? Wow. Can I be honest? I struggle. I struggle with that. I struggle with, with being faithful in those seasons because I need to know. <laughs> I told you before, I'm impatient. I need to know. I want to argue that we have three uh, basic responses in these seasons of extended waiting. You you may uh, see some of these in you. Uh, I think that we either enter into a mode of flight, uh, fight, or fright. Flight, F-L-I, right? Uh, uh, fight, F-I, or fright. This is what I mean. Let me, let me break this down for us. Uh, for, for us, right, when we, are, we, we, we enter in these extended seasons when we don't know what's going to happen, I think uh, we enter into, uh, some of us respond with flight. We, we run away. Right? We, we, we run to the thing that makes us uh, most happy. We, we run to the thing that doesn't seem too stressful uh, for us. Uh, we run and we give up on the dream and start our own dream. We give up on what God is doing. And so what we do is like, hey, this is too much, so I'm going to go. I'm going to uh, take off. And, and we start something new. Because, man, waiting, waiting is too uncertain. I need, I need to do something. You know anybody like that? You know what I'm saying? Somebody uh, uh, touch your neighbor and say, that he's talking to you right there. He, he ain't talking to me, you know. The, the issue, somebody say, he definitely talking to you. Uh, <laughs> the issue with flight is that it, it puts self-preservation as the destination of God's dream for you. It it puts self-preservation as the destination of God's dream for you. And what that means is that you will never arrive at where God is calling to you because you will constantly be on the run. Right? You'll never arrive. You you will constantly be on the run. You'll constantly be moving. And when God is trying to speak to you, when God is telling you slow down, when God is trying to shape your uh, ability and your character so that you can handle the dream that he has for you, you are constantly running. For for some of us, uh, we enter into uh, fighting. In, in that extended uh, season of uncertainty, we, we enter into this mode of, of, of fighting. We, we ball up our, our fist and we say, okay, like I'm going to uh, fight my way out of this situation. 
We, we fight because we don't want to feel afraid of the unknown. I don't know when I'm going to get to my destination. I don't know, God, when you're going to finally promise me. So, so I'm going to, to buckle up and I'm going to fight because I have been in a fight for this very long season. This is an extended season of waiting. I thought that your promise would have come true by now. So we enter into this constant uh, season of fighting. You, you know people like this, right, which are, which are constantly fighting. And the problem when you are constantly fighting is that you will even fight the people that God has set to move you from the place that you are at to the place where he needs to take you. You will fight the doors that God is opening all right, because you don't know how to see that God is trying to position you and to go into a next, di- uh, uh, next dimension, next, next place, next, next season of breakthrough. We will just get into this fighting stance. And some of us will actually fight our way. We will fight our way into a cycle of brokenness that we will not allow ourselves to get out of. You, you know those people, right? Those people, when you, you come to them and you say, hey, it's, it's going to be all right. God, God loves you. He, he cares for you, right? They're like, I know that you say that, but let me tell you about my problems. Let, let me tell you about my issues. Okay, I understand that, but God is a healer. God is a restorer. God is good. And you're like, well, okay, yeah, yeah, but I can't. And you are fighting to stay in a cycle of brokenness. As God is trying to usher you into the new season, the, the, problem, uh, the problem with uh, fighting is that it, 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 it makes our posture uh, like this, with our hands balled up. And when your hands are, are balled up, all you can do is be combative. When God wants us to release our posture to be like this, where we can receive. We're, we're, we're too busy uh, being defensive that, that in this in in those seasons of 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 extended uncertainty when we find ourselves uh, in in this fight uh, mode we we put uh, defensiveness at the center of the dream for God for us we we put defensiveness at the center of the dream Uh, for God, for us, and everything, everything becomes an enemy. Everything and everyone becomes an enemy. And we cannot move in the breakthrough that God has for our life. And God wants us, and he will only work with people whose hands are open, who have a posture of receiving. The last one, the last one is uh, fright. The last one is fright. It, it, it's, the, it's the action that we uh, default to in seasons of uh, un, uh, elongated uncertainty. If you're not careful, fear will leave you paralyzed, too paralyzed to continue going because you don't know when the story will end. Right? We, we don't know when the story ends. So, so what do we do? We, we're just afraid. We, we, we don't even want to take action. We, we don't want to move. We, just, we, just, we basically just buckle down and just say, I'm going to stay here for right now. If you're not careful, fear will have you second-guessing if God actually gave you the dream that you have in your life. Is this from God? 
Should I even do it? Because it seems like everything and anything that I touch doesn't work out the way that I wanted. Could you imagine if Joseph took this posture? If he gave up on the dream that God had for him, right? If he wasn't continually faithful in this season, there is no, uh, there is no doubt in my mind that when Pharaoh meets with Joseph, he had heard about the young Hebrew boy which was running his prison. There is no doubt in my mind. If, if Joseph takes the posture of allowing fear to take hold of him, he is not faithful in the hidden season. If we're not careful, we will quit the dream that God has given to us and we'll allow the dream to, to die. The, the response of fright will cause you to place suspicion in the place of your dream. What that means is that even though God may be ushering you to that next phase of your dream, you are too hesitant to go because you have allowed fear to determine that God's way may not be trustworthy. We've allowed fear to let us know, to to, to tell us that, that God actually doesn't have what's best in mind for you. Isn't that the way that the enemy works? Over and over and over again. All you have to do is just go to the beginning of the book. What, what, what does the enemy say? God, to, to Adam and Eve, yeah. right? Is, is God trustworthy? I think he's keeping something from you. And I, I believe that's the way that the enemy will steal your dream. We, we talked about that a, a couple weeks ago, didn't we? Right? Uh, After uh, Jesus is baptized, uh, God says for everyone within earshot, this is my son whom I am well pleased. Jesus leaves that area, goes to the the desert, right, to be tested. And what is the first thing that the enemy, the devil, says to him? Uh, If you are the son of God, we we will lose our God dream if We allow fear uh, to take a hold of our hearts and we lose, we lose trust in what God is doing. The beauty of Joseph's story is that he continues to trust God and he continues to be faithful in these extended seasons of uh, uncertainty when everything is telling him that he should give up and God eventually raises him to being the second most powerful person on the most powerful, in the most powerful nation on the planet at that time. God's dream for us is beautiful. So, so how, how should we uh, engage in a posture in that season of extended waiting? How do we engage? I believe this is the fourth way. I believe God is calling us to the spiritual discipline of waiting on the Lord. <coughs> on waiting on the Lord. See, waiting does not mean inaction. Some of us think that waiting means, okay, so that I'm not doing anything. I'm just going to stand here. No, waiting is actually, uh, waiting on the Lord is the opposite because it's the act of learning how to actively listen with our ears to God's voice and move when he tells us to move. 
In these seasons where God's voice, if, if we are patient, can become our fuel to keep us going, where we learn how to listen to his precious voice and respond when he calls out to us. Here's the thing. A lot of us do a lot of talking at God, and we don't do a lot of listening, do we? We, we, we're constantly saying, God, would you, would you take me out? God, would you take me out? And if we would wait in that season, we would actually train our ears to hear his voice, okay. to allow him to fill our empty cups, okay. to, to fill our empty cups. See, see, those other three methods, we, we fill our, our cups, uh, if you notice, with our desires. Self-preservation, right? De- defensiveness. Uh, uh, we, we, fill, we fill ourselves with those things, and we will always get uh, what we fill our cup with. <laughs> we will never be refreshed. We will always be tired. We will, or, or we will always come back to, to this well of brokenness. But if we will fill our cups with what God wants to pour into us, oh, he says, uh, come and drink from the well that never runs dry. I love the way uh, Mikey McCandles, a spiritual life director, uh, uh, says about this, this idea. He says, too often we understand waiting to mean we are wasting time or not taking charge of our situation. Biblically, waiting is an active verb indicating that to wait is to be aware through all of the senses of what is occurring around you and discerning the right time to do the next thing. To wait is to be uh, open to the experiencing the holy moments around you, to experience the feeling of emanating from another person, to hear words in the broader context, or to experience God's presence through others. During our hurrying or our busyness, it is easy to miss these opportunities. When we're constantly in a hurry, when we're constantly busy, when we, when we do not want to wait on the Lord, we can't even tell that God is actually doing something in our neighbor's life. See, waiting causes you to think about what is going on around you, to be present, right, to be aware, because you have to be reliant on God. The problem is this is hard, and it, and it goes, it grinds against our American sensibilities, doesn't it? Right? Like it, it grinds against the American sense. We want it now, right? Right? Like that's the way it is here in the West. It's our money and we need it. No. Come on, you know it. Call J.G. Wentworth. You got it. <laughs> that, that's, that's that, right? Like we, that's, that's the way that we operate. Uh, when it comes to our food, some of us will kick our microwaves because our food isn't, wasn't heated in the 60 seconds that it was running. Like we, we want it on our pace and our timetable. And God forbid in this day and age that you see that little buffering signal on your phone. <laughs> oh, yeah, shut that phone down the street. <laughs> see, w- w- waiting is a struggle in this push and pull life that, 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 that places on us its demands of immediate results. What makes it worse is that we look across the street at the Joneses and we see how the Joneses are coming up. And then we say, well, God, you're doing it for them. Why won't you do it for me? And we will give up on the dream. We will give up on the dream that God has for us. 
Again, not knowing that God is forging us in the fire, in this season, and he's developing our ability and our character in order for us to be able to handle the dream that he has for us. If we are not careful, right, we will forfeit the dream for expedience. And, and the problem is when you forfeit the dream for expedience, when you, when you take the shortcut, the problem is when you, you, you'll, you'll get there, <laughs> but when you get there, it will be short-lived. It will crumble in front of you because your character and ability is not developed enough to handle the task. How do we remain faithful in seasons of hiddenness? That, that is what God is calling. He's saying, wait on me. I, I want to end uh, today with this uh, Richard Foster quote. I, I love Richard Foster. Uh, he wrote the book, uh, The Celebration of the disciplines, it, it, honestly, as, as I read it, it, it literally shaped and shifted my life, the way that I think about the disciplines. The discipline, right now, we're actually in a spiritual discipline as a church we're practicing right now. Does anybody know what the spiritual discipline is? Fasting. Fasting. Here's the beautiful thing about disciplines. The disciplines are not some type of uh, magic thing. If you do them, then you're automatically better with God. But what they do is they actually posture our hearts to be better able to receive from God, Right? And, and, and I, I love the spiritual disciplines. As we go on uh, throughout this year, uh, we'll be introducing ways that we're going to be engaging with the spiritual disciplines as a church, introducing ways that you can engage with the spiritual disciplines individually. But he, he says this, and I think it's so appropriate for us. He says, uh, in this postmodern person is, uh, who is addicted to haste, hurry, and hustle, and the addiction will always shrivel our soul. Our desperate need today is, to, is for a time full life. When we are fractured and fragmented with the muchness and the manyness, we cannot experience a time full life. When we chaff under the slowness of our microwaves and our computers, it becomes nearly impossible for us to obey the divine whisper, be still and know that I am God. Something simply will not yield to our perpetual hearkening to the instant, the immediate, the sudden. Surely the growth of our soul before God is one of those things. Time, time and space, time, space, and stillness, these are the tools that God uses to build a patient endurance within us. One of the most repeated counsels given in Scripture is the simple admonition, wait upon the Lord. See, see, <laughs> I am convinced, I am convinced this great struggle is what keeps most of us from the dream that God has for us. Is that we just won't deal in the season of waiting. We want it our way, which is now, and if we don't have it now. I've been a pastor uh, for uh, a few years now, uh, a little bit over 13 years. Um, and man, I can, I can be, I, I want to be honest with you. Um, I have seen churches split over this. 
I've seen churches split because people don't want to wait. They don't want to hear one another out. And so when somebody speaks into their life about waiting, what do they do? They run. Brothers and sisters, this this is not something small. This right here is, is I think, almost the, the, the crux here, the, the highlight of this sermon series. If you don't hear anything else that you want to say, man, God may be calling you in a season of waiting, and I know it. I know how you might be feeling right now. You might be like, okay, Elijah, you told us, right, to lean into hard seasons, but it's been a hard season. When is it finally going to break? And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, when we wait on God, when we wait on God, we are replenished. Scripture says they that wait on the Lord will what? Renew their strength. They will mount up on wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. God, God is calling us to wait on him. But when we are not waiting, we can't hear his voice. We can't be replenished. We're not going to, we're going to be weary. We're always going to be in that state of giving up. Uh, this evening, uh, this morning, I'm sorry, uh, before the worship team leads us in this next phase as we raise our voices together and worship, I want to challenge us. Uh, we're just going to take the next two minutes. Just the next two minutes. And close our eyes. Everybody's eyes closed. Everybody's head bowed. And I, I just want you to pray internally here. And I, I just want you to ask God, God, for those of you which are in a season of waiting, maybe you're not in a season of waiting, but you know that you're impatient, I want you just to ask God, God, would you teach me how to hear your voice? What you ask God? God, I, I do so much talking. If I had to be honest, Lord, I, I, I do a lot of talking because I'm too afraid of what I will hear when I become silent. Lord, teach me how to hear your voice. Teach me how to hear your voice. Just be praying. We're going to take a solid two, two minutes. Just be praying. Yes, God. Would you speak in people's lives right now, Lord Jesus? Would you you just be changing hearts, God? Would, Would you do the work of restoring right now, Father? Spirit, move in this place. Move in this place. I already know what some of you guys are probably thinking even in this moment. Stay there. Just stay there. Just stay there. You're probably thinking, okay, is the two minutes done yet? Your your mind is trying to fight. Okay, is, is it over? What's the next thing? Don't allow the enemy to rob. Teach yourself to, to be still. if you you can't hear anything. Teach yourself to be still. It's in these moments when God speaks. We so quickly move on to the next thing. God is calling us to be right here, present. Father, you're so good. You're so good. I I, want to challenge. I really felt this morning, even as I was praying and, and, and that God was going to speak to somebody today. I don't know who it is. 
whether it's between first service or second service, but I, I'm just going to be obedient to the voice of the Lord even as I've been waiting on God. There, there's somebody here who does not know Jesus. <laughs> somebody here who does not know Jesus. I believe it in, in my bones, and, and God is, is doing something in this season. You're saying, man, I have been in a holding pattern. I am tired. I am hurting. I am in pain. I've been waiting for a very long time. I am tired of doing things my own way. I'm tired of, 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 of being in a state of flight, fright, or fight. And I want to give myself to you, Jesus. See, see, God was so patient that the Bible says in Romans, while you are still a sinner, right? While, while you were an enemy of God, while you were fighting against the good grace of God, he came on this earth and died for your sins. And stay dead, he rose to life so that you can enter into his kingdom, that you can be his. If, if that's you right now, if that is you right now, would you do me a favor, just slipping the hand up and slipping it down? Yeah. Say, God, I want to give it all to you. Slipping that hand up and slipping it down. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I want you to do me a favor. God is, is calling your heart to respond. I want you to go to the back uh, at, at the info bar, and I want you to fill out that connection card. God wants to do work in you. For those of us which are in this season of, of waiting, God wants to do work in you. Father, teach us how to wait on you, Lord, that our cups may be full of who you are. In Jesus' name I pray.